10, we got news that Paul done made it to um, safely um, to this area of Malta. Um, after all the damage and things of that nature, we even got heard about Paul got bit by a snake, but he still lived. But today we're going to hear how Paul and the brothers make it finally to Rome. The Word of God says, starting in verse 11 in Romans, I mean in Romans, Acts 28. After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island. A ship of Alexandria with the twin gods, a figurehead, putting in at Syracuse. We stayed there for three days, and from there we made a circuit and arrived at Ridgeham. And after one day, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day, we came to Potoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them seven days. And so we came to Rome, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, they came as far as Forum Apias, the three taverns, to meet us. On seeing them, they Paul thanked God and took courage. And when he, we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldiers who guarded him. Verse 17. After three days, he called together the local elder leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the custom of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner in Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of the Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you. And none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this set, we know that everywhere it is speaking, spoken against. Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to help us here with these verses here today. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord, to bring us back here again in your word. Lord, uh, help us right now. In the midst of this storm that we're experiencing, let your word still go forward in power. Let your people, Lord, not be distracted by law, what is happening outside of here, but let them be enriched by your word. Speak to us. Speak to us in your word. Grow us in your word. Build us up in your word. Let your word saturate our hearts at this time. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless us, Lord, this morning, this evening. Even for myself and my weakness, Lord, give me the strength, Lord, to preach your word faithfully. So help me, Lord. Lead your people well. And let your people, Lord, see the beauty of the church, the good, the good of the church, Lord, how the church is, is given to us, Lord, the build of the Christian life. And for us, Lord, to be able to, to be brought home to the glorious heaven day, heaven one day. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, for us to appreciate the church and the beauty and all the benefits of the church. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. It's an article on the Gospel Coalition posted that said about the 
11 reasons why you need to belong to a church. The first reason it tells us that because you need to, you need the regular support and encouragement of the Christian fellowship. It goes on to say that Christian life is not designed to be lived in isolation. And those who try that way are likely to crash. Hebrews 3.12. But the Christian, we need each other as encouragement. Number two, because fellowship provided by the Christian friends is no substitute for belonging to a church. Again, because fellowship provided by Christian friends is no substitute, no substitute for belonging to a church. It says right, you choose your friends because their ideals and styles are similar to your own. God put different people in the congregation so that they can learn from each other. It's different between the church. It's not a group of people that's all alike. If people from all different backgrounds are part of a church. Number three gifts here. The reason why you need to belong to a church. Because the gifts can only rightly be used by someone who is a member of a congregation. Gifts are primarily for the congregation, not for the individual and are, and are rightly used to build up the church. The picture of a church as a body tells us that our various gifts complement each other. You don't see a foot or an eye wandering around by itself. From Romans 12, 1 through 13. Number four, why to belong to a church? Because God's basic unit is the church, not the individual. The story of the Bible is that of God making and shaping and refining his people. Beginning with Abraham, the lives of individuals like David, Isaiah, and the disciples and Paul have their meaning because they are part of God's continuous community. It has lasted for over 5,000 years now. And there are no signs that God has changed his plan. Family, we need a church. Number five. Because without it, talking about the church, you are not paying the price of being a Christian. The solo fight is very attractive style of Christianity for some. But it evades a basic element, the cost of discipleship. Jesus calls his followers to serve their community of faith, to be slaves of all, right? Ephesians 5, 21. I'm going to name about one or two more, and I can send you guys if you guys have want to see the more of this. The reason why I belong to a church, because you cannot understand the New Testament properly unless you belong to a church. Most of the New Testament is addressed to churches. If you only read the Bible properly, then you would not be in the right place to hear God's word. You will be a privatize his message and misunderstand it. You see this throughout Paul's letters. And number seven, I can stop here. Why belong to a church? Because basic maturity of faith and knowledge is only found in the church. The Bible clearly teaches that those who cannot cope with the church system are immature. And that maturity and fullness of faith are discovered as corporate experience of the Christian community. We see this. Being a part of the church, you grow in maturity. You, you have brothers and sisters that are encouraging you, call you out on things. You call them out, they're building you up. This happens within the church, the benefit of the church. You might ask a question like, Preston, why are you telling us this this, this evening? I think that's what's happening in our test today with Acts 28, 11 22. We're going to see the beauty of the church and what Paul is going to do. Paul is going to thank God for the church. He's going to thank God for the brothers in the church in this area coming to see him. He's going to appreciate what they're doing. 
So how are we going to do it today? We're going to do it in four points. The church has expanded to Italy. Remember, the church is over in Judea, right? In Asia Minor. But now the church has made it to Italy. Verses 11 through 14, 8. Point number two, we're going to see the church lives life. They, they live life with each other from 14b within the church. They're doing life together. Point number three, the church does whatever it takes to meet the need for one another. The last thing, the church encourages the Christian walk in 15b to 16. So let's jump to point number one. The church has expanded to Italy. We have been learning now that Paul and and the brothers have made it to Malta. The ship has crashed in this area. They have made it to Malta. And Paul has done so amazing things. It was, he, had, he was met for, with unusual kindness there in Malta. He was bit by a snake, but the Lord didn't, the Lord preserved him. He didn't die. He healed Publius' father. And Paul healed many others on the island. And they enjoyed Paul. And we learned that Paul stayed in Malta for three months. But today's test we learned today is after three months, it tells us Luke says, we, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the islands. So the island was very familiar with him, with, um, with him now at this time. When Paul was doing all this healing and all this miraculous thing, they were very familiar with Paul. But he leaves there now, a place that he's very familiar with now. He have loved on them and shared the gospel with them. Now leave them, leave them, and they head to Rome. Not sure how many of the 276 is traveling with Paul at this point. That was off the ship. But we do know that Luke and Julius, you guys remember who Julius is? Julius is the centurion. The centurion. He's the one that's guarding Paul. He's the one that's making sure Paul make it to Rome. So we know Luke is there. Julius is there. So they find a ship of Malta from Alexandria. Sound familiar, doesn't it? You guys remember when Paul was taken from Caesarea? He was getting ready to, to go to Italy, but they had to find a ship. And they found one from Alexandria. There's another ship from Alexandria. So Alexandria probably had a lot of ships traveling the route that Paul then was taken. A lot of ships from Alexandria. And think about Alexandria is in Africa. Africa at this time, we had a lot of depleted Africa when compared to the different dynasties of the, the Egyptian pharaohs. But still, Alexandria was still a thriving place. One person said this right here about Paul and the ship and also about this uh, Alexandria. Since the crew and the passengers left Crete in October and November and were in a storm for two weeks, their three-month stay in Malta brought them through the winter into February and March. At that time, they saw another ship docked at the island because it was from Alexandria origin. It, too, was probably a grain ship, what we learned of in Acts 27.6, from Egypt that had spent the three months of winter when it was too dangerous to sail at the seaport on Malta. Probably was at the Valida Harbor. So these Alexandrian ships could possibly, possibly be the ship that take the grain all over Asia and Europe and from Africa. And Luke even gives us details about this ship. 
A ship without a journey with twin gods as a figurehead. Why is he telling us that twin gods of a figurehead? Again, I would say this is proof that the Bible is not some type of fictional book. Right? Just made up fairy tales in the Bible. Is there such thing of twin gods of Alexandria and the figurehead? Yes. It is. Good job. Yes. One source says this. The twin gods was named Castor and Paulus. On the ship with the figurehead were the heavenly twins, sons of Zeus and Leda, according to Greek mythology. Now, these Greek gods named, or Castor and Pollux, Pollux, they would have different Egyptian names as well, but these are the Greek names for them, and they're recorded. Suppose they were brought about good fortune to man, murders. And therefore, the constellation of Gemini. I don't know if you guys know anybody that's all into the zodiac sign. They said, well, my sign is this, my sign is this. A lot of those things come from Greek mythology and Greek goddess. And they've taken these things, and, and I've talked about it with several people already, about the people of the zodiac come from the different gods and the different names. They just change the names. All these, the same different god, pagan gods, with different names. You think about the Chinese calendar, you think about um, the Egyptian gods, the Roman gods, the Greek gods, the Babylonian gods, all of them are different similars. One of them is always the god of water, one of them is the god of like, lightning or the god of the sky, the god of the delph, and they all kind of the same gods with different names. And I kind of mentioned to, how did that actually happen? I believe, going back to the Tower of Babel, you guys remember when they built the tower up with pagan god and they spread it, they had different languages, now they still have these same gods. Now the gods have different names now. And so we can talk more about that later. So this ship had two twin gods on this ship. So it was still pagan worship that was happening as Christians were spreading the gospel. Even the Egyptian gods were still in conversations at this time. It get me, y'all, real quick. It get me when people say, I'm not... I'm not going to bank a Bank of America because that symbol has three 11s on there, mentions 33 that points to Freemasonry. So I'm not going to put any money in the bank. Or somebody said Baskin Robbins has a 13 on there, points to the Knight of Templars. Or somebody say, well, that store right there has an Aussie and I on it. I'm not going to shop in that store. Family. Paganism is all around us. Symbols is all around us. People might use them still to this day. It's all around them. But Paul wasn't like, hey, I'm not going to get on this ship. Hey, I don't care if y'all kill me right now, Julius. I'm not going to get on this ship because there's pagan gods on there. No. Paul was able to get on the ship. And Luke doesn't tell us that Paul fought against this. Paul knew he wasn't serving the gods of the ship, but he knew it was all nonsense. That the God of the heavens what keeps kept them safe. It wasn't two twin gods. Amen. So this world around us is we're seeing these things already, these symbols around us. These symbols doesn't have any power to them compared to what we have. So we can shop at Bank of America. We can we can bank with Bank of America. We can shop at these different places with these different symbols in them. Paul is knowing that he is now taken into places by people that honor these pagan gods. 
This place with him, this place him in the heart of pagan worship, which is darkness. So the more our banks and the more of, say, all seeing eye, the more these things happen around us, family, the more people believe in these things around us, we are in the midst of this. And what do we do in the midst of this? We penetrate the gospel in the midst of paganism. We put the race of gospel in the midst of this. We don't, we don't run from the different lyrics and everything that Jay-Z used to put out and everything about Illuminati. They can put these things out. We're not afraid of that stuff. We have a gospel that's more powerful than any of those things. We preach the gospel. We share the gospel. We claim with a lot of with boldness. So family, this is all around us. We're not afraid of these things in this world. We stand on truth. We talk more about this on point two. But Paul is on this ship, which is now put into Syracuse. Um, Syracuse University, the town of Syracuse comes from this. Syracuse is the capital city of, of Sicily. Good, very close. I mean, it's probably about 3,000 miles from each other, but still we say it's close. Sicily. So putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days, three days, and from there we made a circuit and derived and arrived in Bergen. And after one day in South, we sprained up, and the second day we came to Potoli. Now they come to Potoli. One source says it right here by Regium. It's a city of the southern tip of Italy, about 75 miles from Syracuse. Potoli is the city about 130 miles south of the capital, was Rome's major port at the time, while in Patoli, there, was, there we found brothers, it tells us in verse 14. What in the world is happening here with the Christian brothers here? What is the world that's happening that Christian brothers are found on this side of the world? This is encouraging for us. This is encouraging. That the gospel now is expanded. Now Christian brothers come here in this area, and the Lord uses places like Patoli and, and Philippi, which is port cities, to not only sell goods, but also share the good news. So the gospel now has expanded to Italy. Shemaiah Philippians 1.5. And viewer participating in the gospel from the first day until now. Philippians 1.18. What then only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. The gospel is spreading throughout the world. And now they even made it to the place of Patoli. 2,000 miles away from Israel. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Ephesians 3, 7. Of which I was a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. 1 Corinthians 9, 14. So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel get their living from the gospel. Luke 9, 6. The party that began going throughout the villages preaching the gospel and healing it everywhere. Family, the apostles took this word and they're taking the gospel everywhere. Family, do we do the same? Those that work at the nursing home, those that get ready to work in the nursing field, those that work in athletics, how are you taking the of the gospel to the world? How are they going to have life they don't hear where life comes from? 
How are they going to be born again if they don't hear the greatest news that brings them to life? How are they going to do it? Paul understood the assignment. Paul went to Patoli. Now we see the gospel has been spreading. Not knowing who has ministered to them to the gospel, but Paul gets here to this place and they have received the gospel. Family, the gospel has been, as we proclaim in faith, we will draw people as we go. The Lord sends us to work, sends the gas station, the practice, the doctor appointments. He sends all the different places. For what reason? For us to make his name known. To make his name known to places and unreached places, even in our block and nine community. The gospel that has spread to Italy, family, the gospel can expand right here into Palm Bluff. So, brother, or brothers in Italy now have heard the gospel, and now we see gospel on the works there. Look at point number two. The church lived life with each other, 14b, and were invited and to stay with them for seven days, and so we came to Rome. Paul meets brothers in Patoli, and they invite Paul, Luke, and others to stay with them for seven days. Also, Julius has to stay with Paul during this time. I'm pretty sure Julius like, how do you know all these people, Paul? This is how the Christian looks around the world. We're a family that is connected with brothers we have never met before. It was so encouraged even today with uh, Alasia, Rionica, and Destiny, a brother and community they'd never known before. They come in, accept them, and welcome them like they never before has happened. The news of Jakara, you know, in St. Louis, how never in her life met these people, and just trusting that who are, you know, trusting the Christian community there, they bring this sister in and love this sister. Family, that's the gospel. That's the church. And we should do it better than fraternities and sororities. It gets me when you go to different places and I'm with people that are part of fraternities. I'm out of somewhere and they meet somebody part of that fraternity and they can be able to say all the different backgrounds of the year they play and all these things. And they're so united at that moment. Family, they do a better job than us at times. The, the Christian church, we're so divided. But we should be so united for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a family. We must be a united body of Christ. And we can go to different places and we'll be loved all around the world by other brothers and sisters. So don't let Americans or the world church that places, a, that places politics, cultural preferences, create barriers for others to be embraced. A lot of times, they say, I think Dr. Martin Luther King said this, that Sunday morning is the most divided time of the day, or the, or the divided time of the week. But the church should be, on the Lord, this should be the united time of the week. The brother of Paul and them to stay for seven days. And Paul would, wouldn't be saying it would stand with anyone preaching a false gospel or living hypocritical lives. So these were faithful Christians that Paul is actually with, ready to live life together. A guy named Bonhoeffer says this, when we receive forgiveness instead of judgment, we too were made ready to forgive the brethren. What God did to us, we then owe to others, right? What he did to us, we owe it to others. 
The more we receive, the more we were able to give, the more eager our brotherly love, and less were we living God's mercy and love. Goes on to say this. The more genuine and deeper our community becomes, the more will everything else between us receive. The more clearly and purely will, will Jesus Christ and his, his work become the one and the only thing that is vital between us. I think the reason why the church is so divided, we make everything more important than Jesus. If we make Jesus the center of why we're here and what we're doing, yes. We might have different football and basketball teams. Yes, we might have different preferences and everything. Yes, I might struggle with talking like someone else across the room. Yes, I, this person might be a, a lady. This might be a guy. Yes, we might have so many different differences. But if Jesus is the center and the priority, family, that's what brings us about and secures us as a body of Christ before the world. Amen. But what happened, though, is that we allow the different preferences the color of the carpet in the room, right? Right? The, the, the mashed potatoes on the plate, right? We let all these things that we don't like cause us for everything to be so divided. The beauty thing of the gospel is that we are not about Jesus. We should hold him up. As we hold him up, we glance upon Jesus. All everything else is not as important. So Paul saw the importance of the Christian community. But this shouldn't be anything new. It's all over scriptures, family. Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Matthew 18. I mean, um, 1 Corinthians 1.10. Matthew 18, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there is no division among you, but that you are you be perfectly united in mind and thought. First Peter three eight. Finally, all of you be like minded, sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and be humble. I've mentioned one more. Colossians three fourteen. And over all these virtues, put on love, which bind them all together in perfect unity. Family, we must be unified. And by being unified, we see already what Paul has been cared for here, been loved on here. They're living life together with Paul. They're now advised to live in seven days. Family, are we open to this? I've been so encouraged by the Joneses, how they have exemplified, has led, what does it mean to live life with each other? But don't let the Joneses be the only one. But, but let us all be in the same spirit and like mind, what does it mean to do life with each other? Point number three. The church does whatever it takes to meet, to meet one another. The brothers not only opened their house to Paul and the brothers, but they wasn't selfish in keeping the brothers to themselves. Look at verse 15. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, they came as far as former Pius, Pius and three times to meet us. They shared with the brothers as far as former Pius, and they went so far to be able to meet the brothers that arrived. Family, they didn't have Facebook or Twitter. They came so far. Let me tell you how former Pius, you know how far that's from, that's from, um, from Rome? 
Family, that's 33 miles from Rome. It's uh, uh, three towers. Four piers is actually 43 miles. And the word related to meat actually is, is, is used when an important official has come to town. When they say they come to meet Paul, this is the same word, meet this with a point of fish like a president is coming. Caesar is coming. So they have high regard to Paul. Word has spread that this man, Paul, is real deal. So they're coming right now from everywhere to meet this brother. So they traveled as far to meet these brothers. What about us today? Are we just eager to meet each other? What's more, I got to be on Sunday. Basketball game or church? Oh, I got to get some shopping done at church. Family, these people right here, the beauty of it, they're waiting to, to push these things to the side, to be able to, to go so far to be able to be with the body of Christ. Family, let that be our spirit here. The church is important. The church where God has used to build us up. The church in which Christ has died for. Family, we must make the church a priority. The church answers so many questions. Every single day, the church lets us remind us why we're here. The, the church helps us in everything with anger. It, it helps us to glaze again on God's glory. After a difficult week of work, the church can body come together. Sister and brother, how was your week? Over the phone doesn't do what eye to eye, face to face does. It's something so special about seeing each other and holding each other, encouraging each other. And the Bible said, it said, Greek brothers greet one another with a kiss. Um, that was tradition, so we ain't gonna do that, brothers, right? All right? That's all we're gonna do, all right? But family, it's a beautiful thing, family. We need this right now. We need it more than what you think. You might not think you need it, but family, you need it. How do we know you need it? God put it in place. He won't put it in place if you didn't need it. So family, are we eager to see each other daily? If you are struggling to see others daily, it exposes how far we are from the early church. And it's not biblical to say, well, that's the early church now. They used to do that. They meet together. If we said the early church meet together, we're trying to say the Bible got a time on it that what the Bible has now, it, it is pretty cool and pretty neat, but that's old time stuff. We don't need the Bible anymore. And we're telling God that his word is not sufficient. That his word had a time on it. But family, we need the church. The Bible is live. as alive right now. The Bible still gives us truth. It's profitable for the Christian walk. We need God's word. And God's word is calling us to be, do life together. So family, we are called to live out the Christian life just like the early church. I think when people say it's not biblical because they have some comfort in this world that they aren't ready to compromise on. So they have idolized that comfort over the blessing of the Christian community. I'd be so excited going to the Creek website to find churches in the area I would be traveling to even in the future. I'd be so encouraged on vacation on a Sunday. 
On a Sunday, I'm looking at churches all around on a Sunday. It don't matter where I'm at in the world. If I'm in actually in California or wherever I'm at, I will look on a certain website, I'll find a brother. I'll be so encouraged for other brothers to be able to encourage me, for me to encourage them. I call a brother, sister, tell them, hey, I'm on my way, I'm coming to town. Hey, I'm going to be meeting with you after on that Lord's Day. It's so encouraging. Now, I actually be doing a trip here in a couple weeks to the Northeast, and I came out looking forward to be able to meet with the other Christian brothers and sisters. Point number four, as we end here, the church encouraged the Christian walk. 15 B to 16. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was. Um, yo, when we came into Rome. Paul was allowed to stay by himself. The soldiers guarded him. Paul thanked God and took courage after seeing the brothers. Paul wasn't like, here they go again, here they the brothers go. So let me say this. The Christians, if, they, if you are making others uncomfortable because of your lack of self-control, that is different. But we should be ready to see one another. It is refreshing to, to hear about how God is working the lives of others, how God has saved us around us. And how they are a testimony of the gospel to other communities. So Paul took courage after seeing the brothers in the Christian church. We should take courage. So is this our posture at the meeting with their brother? We should be encouraged at the meeting together. Again, we could be gathering for unbiblical reasons. Because I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to be on church because I don't have anything else to do. So don't want to say that, hey, uh, here we go. I don't want to be able to hear I get a test message from Melina, right? <laughs> or it could be a check off the list while you're here. Family, if this is a posture of you that let me be here because I don't want nobody to say anything, family, you missed the importance of the body of Christ. We must die to self and see the church the way Christ sees the bride when we die for. He died for the church. He died for his bride. We should see her as beautiful. So we must die to self and see the beauty of Christ's church. I think a lot of times, a lot of us that struggle with loneliness or anger or depression or anxiety or, or whatever we struggle with, a lot of time, a lot of those things that the Lord uses, the Lord's day to, to help you cope with those things through the week. The Lord used the Lord's day for us to have our eyes glazed back upon Him. We miss it if we come to church. Every now and then, just like a Tylenol, whenever we get a headache, right, we pop a Tylenol in. And we just come to church, and now I had a bad week, now I'm going to come to church. Well, if I'm having a good week, I'm not going to come to church. The church is not Tylenols. The church is what Jesus laid his life down for. It's his body. So, family, we should cherish the church. The church should only be seen when, it's actually when we need something from the church. I'm just going to go to church because I need this. But we come to church and say, I want to be with our God. I want to see his glory. 
I want to see his majesty. I want to see his, the beauty of God. I want to hear about him. I want to sing about him. As Brother Rod leads in the scene. I want to sing about the glory of God. I want to fellowship about the glory of God. Family, we should be compelled by the glory of God. We shouldn't come to church and say, what can I get out of it? No, what can we see about our God? It's about him. It's about him alone. So let us make the worship be about God and God alone. We should be eager to be with the body of Christ, to be encouraged by our God and by the brothers and sisters, but also we should be able to be so quick to be able to see the glory of God through the preaching of the word and seeing of the word. So Paul has met with the brothers to encourage him, even though he's a great teacher. And now he's being to be encouraged the same way he has encouraged others along the way. That's what Brother Paul has done. And so let's stop here today. Um, I thought I was going to make it down to verse 22, but we'll stop here from 17 22. We'll try to jump in next week. But family, let us be that church, eager to see the glory of God, eager to build one another up, eager to important to each other. Let's end with a couple of applications here. May we trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like the gospel has allowed many to be saved around the world, the gospel is still saving people today. So those people around you that's working, your families and friends around you, don't limit the gospel. The gospel can save them. So live a life honoring to the Lord that create atmosphere for them to ask the question and say, hey Brad, I saw how on time you have been every single day. I saw you went over and beyond the word today. Why are you doing this? And Brad can open up and say, I'm doing this because what God has done for me, that, that I'm living a life that's honoring to him. And that opened up the door for them to ask more about the God that Brad serves for him to be able to share the gospel with him. Same thing for you, Sister Shea. As you living the life out before the Lord and, and the world is all around you, and you're living out the life, and they, they be able to see how shade that your personality, that you're stern and, 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 and excited, and, and the kids that swarm around you, and they ask you that, Shay, what did you do for the kids that like you so much? And you go in to be able to share with them, is that what Christ has done for you? It's easy access for us, family. If you live a life of honoring, people are going to ask questions. It's nowhere around it. If you live a life honoring to the Lord, somebody's going to ask a question. To you and family, I will tell you to be ready. To be ready to give them the hope that is in you. Number two, I would say, family, cherish the church. Cherish the church. Cherish the community. And I'm saying church, I'm not saying just on Sunday morning through the week. Be around sisters and brothers. Hang out with sisters and brothers. Spend time with them, family. We need each other daily. To be around each other, it's so refreshing to hear and to talk to you guys through the week. Me with y'all through the week, it's so refreshing to be able to see how you guys are doing. You guys encourage me so much. Family, do that with others around you. Number three here is that remember the church is the place that brings about the good health of the believer. If he's struggling a lot, Come to church, right? 
If there's a lot of issues, come to church. Why? Why just come to church? Is this some miraculous happen? Yes, it does. The Lord meets with us. His spirit meets with us. Yes, it's miraculous. His spirit meets with us. It reminds us of the great truth that he died for his people. So come to church and be with his people. And as you do that, we build one another up. You build us up. And we care for one another. And also, as you got to travel back home and different people, you know, different places you might go back to, find other believers there. If you have any questions for me, question, you know any other churches around us everywhere, I'm out of town, please don't, don't feel like because you're not a Christ Redeemer, you're not going to go to church. Go to another church if you're in a town somewhere else. Gather with the saints there. Be ready to hear the word preached by another believer in Christ. Still cherish the Lord's day no matter where you're at. Amen, amen. Let me pray for us.